welcome to Savvy, Booked, and Blessed, a podcast for bold female leaders making bold moves. I'm your host, Devin A. Thaxton, founder and CEO of Pro Savvy Strategic Performance Agency. Stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest. Let's get started. Welcome to Savvy, Booked, and Blessed. In this episode, we are joined by the daring life coach, speaker, author, and professional skydiver, Melanie Curtis. Melanie helps high performers find their personal form of bravery to live a bold and brave life of their own design. As a leader and known voice in both skydiving and personal development, Melanie has been featured in Forbes, Fast Company, Thrive Global, on CBS Sunday Morning, Masters of Scale, and more. She's authored three books and co-hosts the Trust the Journey podcast. Melanie is the current executive director of the Women's Skydiving Network nonprofit, and with that co-founded an all-female demonstration jump team named Highlight Pro Skydiving Team. Hi, Melanie. It's like, holy crap, how do I have time to do all that? I I don't even know. (laughs) I love it though. Okay, as someone who's never skydived, as someone who is terrible of heights, but also loves the thrill, (laughs) tell me like why, why? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. Well, I mean, why for me is a bit different than the why for some other people because skydiving was in my family. Aviation was in my family. I grew up around it, but to answer the question that will probably be more useful for your audience, skydiving has an interesting power to open the mind. And I say that because most people think there's no way I can do this. There's no way I can do this, whether it's I'm afraid of heights, whether it's I think I'm going to die, whether it's why on earth would anyone ever do that? That's stupid. You know, all kinds of different resistant limiting thoughts can be around something as polarizing as the idea of jumping out of an airplane, Mm -hmm. right? And so why why I say that is that there's so many places and there's so much evidence and there's so many ways we can see when where we're limiting ourselves. And so when we have this idea of there's no way I can jump out of a perfectly good airplane and I can test that there's usually more to that. Oh, there's no way I can do that and live and not be seriously injured or like some catastrophic outcome. right? Right. And so when we do, when we jump out of the airplane, we land and we've done it, it's, it's a very powerful potential to shift someone's mindset about what's possible, which can sound really cliche, hashtag life coach, anything's possible, but it's really more about getting intimately acquainted with this idea of fear is not necessarily telling us the whole truth, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, in a general sense, yeah, there's no way we can jump out of a perfectly good airplane and live if we don't understand the equipment, if we don't have the right people around us, if we aren't prepared, if we haven't learned about it, if we don't have the skills, if, you know, all of these things. And so we just don't necessarily look at those things when the fear initially tries to block us. So getting better, but more masterful, more skilled at navigating fear and the fear thoughts that try to get in our way. There's just, there's so much more that is possible in our lives, our careers, our relationships, everything. Right. Absolutely. And 
when you were, you mentioned that you come from a, a family aviation and all of those things. Did you start skydiving like super young? When was the first time that you did it? Yeah, I started skydiving when I was 18 years old. I could have jumped when I was 16 because my dad owned the drop zone. He was the pilot. Wow, cool. And I was exposed to, I sat through the first jump course many times over the course of my young life. Mm -hmm. So I was, I was more than prepared, quote unquote, but I just wasn't ready. I was just genuinely too scared at the time. And then I sort of got sick of feeling that way. You know how that can happen when we're yeah. sort of a little bit scared of something, but we keep thinking about it, or maybe keep ex being exposed to something. And again, as an 18 year old person, I didn't really know this was happening. The only reason I have these insights to share about my experience as a young person at 18 and my skydiving experience is because I've reflected on it years later. Sure. But what came from that is I just, I, again, sort of got sick of feeling that way, sick of feeling nervous, anxious, and was like, oh, just, all right, tomorrow I'm doing it because <laughs> I kind of wanted to also, right? Right. So that day I sat through the first jump course with the intention to jump. So there was that different feeling in my body, right? There was this different activation where my, I was no longer thinking about it in, I was afraid, but I, I had this more, I had this intention, this, this commitment of forward motion. Like I was actually going to do it on this day mm -hmm. and the energy that the way that the fear sort of manifests in your body, at least for me is different when we are then committed to actually taking the steps. And listen, I could have backed out at any moment, any time. I could have been in the airplane about to exit and I could have said, no, I don't want to jump. Mm. I, I, I knew I could do that. Right. But still there's this interesting thing that happens when we, when our brain shifts and we're ready to actually do something and actually figure out the steps to get there. Cause being reckless is not something I recommend, right? right. I'm not someone whose people will hire just so they can say F it and go and jump out of a proverbial or metaphorical airplane, mm -hmm. right? I'm the person that, that someone will work with and teammate that will, that will have so that they can start to figure out what are the manageable steps to getting toward this thing I think I want to do in a way that I can emotionally manage. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, yeah, there's, there's the like, just do the leap of faith, but sometimes you, you land, not in skydiving, you land safely, but like, you know, in, in life, right? You land in like a place you weren't supposed to be in, yeah you had no business being in, or sometimes worse. And so if you're not doing the, the prep, and I totally see the, the comparison, the, the prep and planning beforehand, and then when you take that leap, it feels exhilarating and exciting. Oh, absolutely. Oh my yeah. God. When we disprove a limiting thought in our mind, it is like narcotic. Yeah. That's, that's why some people get really addicted to skydiving as well, right. is that they have that experience of, of doing this big thing that they think they can't do. And there's more to it. Obviously there's a physiology. We physiologically uh, designed as humans to assess threat and, and certainly heights it's right. to protect us, to keep us safe. So that's a really good thing about our human evolution right. and our, our engagement with fear, because it does get us to hesitate, to, to 
think about what that preparation might need to be mm-hmm. and to back away from certain cliffs that we really do need to back away from. Right. So there's a lot of goodness in the sense of, of fear, but in the modern world, this, this catastrophic outcome that that's in us evolutionarily pro that's evolutionarily programmed into us can keep us from a lot of things that we're not going to die doing right. public speaking, writing a book, create, creating a podcast, being a public figure, like you are in the, in the way that you are. Yeah. That's the stuff that we want to look at asking for a promotion, do it. Like there's so many different things. We're not going to die. Yeah. Right but we feel like we are going to, if we go deep enough into that, that sensation. Yeah. yeah. So what is it when, when you jump, like tell, I'm just curious of maybe like some common stages of maybe like thought or feeling that happens. Like you know, I could imagine like there's the first feeling and then you're floating for a bit and then you're starting to come down, like explain that a little bit. <laughs> sure, <I'm> sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and again, my professional skydiving career underpins how I serve as a life coach, how, what I speak about as a keynote speaker and stuff like that and a facilitator. I love the metaphor of skydiving is really powerful, which is why I use it. Mm -hmm. And it's also not that relatable in the sense that not many people do it. Right. Right. But it is like I described before, really visceral, really powerful. So if you think about it, you can't, once you leave an aircraft in flight, you can't get back into it. Like there is a point of no return. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And so I love this. I love this concept. And I learned this early on in my life coaching career about throwing your hat over the fence, which is the same sort of idea where if I throw my hat over the fence, I have to climb over the fence in order to get it back. Mm-hmm. There's like, so there's, there are points at our career and our personal development and our professional development and our creative pursuits where we will commit to something in a bigger way that forces certain action, right? And forces us to grow and evolve in order to get to where we're trying to go. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that in skydiving, you experience very, very, very literally. Like, I mean, I can t- easily describe to you the first time I skydived, I, I will never not remember it. Like it is burned into my memory and it, there's plenty of different skydives that I remember, but exiting the aircraft is in my experience, the best moment, because that's the moment where you really choose. Yeah. And so Gosh, I'm flying in a, if you can imagine a little small Cessna aircraft, it's like four people fit in it, Mm. you know, the door I'm sitting next to the door, but it's closed. My instructor reaches across for me, twists the handle and the door flings open. Right. And now I'm literally sitting there. It's loud. It's windy. And I'm sitting next to, for the first time, an open aircraft door in flight, looking down 5,000 feet. Like that alone is a pretty intense moment, just seeing that, but still being in the safety of the aircraft, right? So this is, again, if we think about it as a metaphor, there's lots of things that can be parallel to this. Like, and I invite listeners to consider what those points are. So I'm sitting there looking out and I've got my training. I know what to do next. So when my instructor cues me, 
I know that, okay, it's time for me to swing my legs out of the door. So I swing my legs out. My lower legs are kind of flapping in the wind. I reach out to hold on to the strut of the aircraft, which is basically the beam that supports the wing that connects to the lower part of the main fuselage of the aircraft and, and holds up the, holds the wing up. Sure. So I reach out, I grab onto that. I sort of shimmy my, my butt toward the edge, my legs are, and I'm supposed to essentially jump out and hang on the strut, like kind of hop off. <laughs> so I reach out, I'm in the wind and I look back at my instructor and he says, I'm good to go. So same thing. I shimmy toward the edge and I'm like, you know, again, breathing, controlling my physiology, right? That's a, that's a way, that's always a thing I coach people around yeah. is to manage our physiology as a way to stay connected to our rational mind when we're faced with high stress. Yeah. So this can be relational stress. It can be situational stress. It can be something physical, like this physical act that I'm about to do going skydiving. And then, I mean, it sounds very simple, but then you go right. and you, you do it. You leap quote unquote, which again is kind of a cliche thing. But for me, it was a, I hopped my butt off of the floor and I went to hang on the strut of the aircraft and I just fell off immediately. Right. <laughs> I You're fell like, off I immediately. Up, no. Yeah. Doesn't yeah. There's happen. no way I had yeah. a 50 pound skydiving rig on my back. I was, yeah. it was just no, no way I could hold yeah. on. Yeah. And I was doing a version of skydiving training that was called static line where my, I had a line connected to my main canopy bag and the aircraft. So I only had to fall away a certain distance and my parachute was deployed for me. That's a certain, a different training method. Got so it. I didn't have to pull a ripcord at that point in my training. I just had to get out. Got it. And okay. that's a good example right. of making it possible. I didn't have to pull a ripcord. I didn't have to be like, I, ideally I was stable, but I, there were things that were taken off my plate in order to help me get that, that first one done. Right. Right. And so you're floating out there. Mm -hmm. So my Barely. parachutes, oh yeah, my parachutes <laughs> open, you know, and yeah. for me, the, for me, the biggest moment was really and truly going because yeah. another thing when you're doing skydiving training is that, and this is, Another reason why I love coaching so much is that you have a coach, you have a radio in your right. ear and they're coaching you the entire way. Yeah. You really don't have that at the yeah. exit moment. Hmm. When you are deciding to go, you got to go. Right. Some people do skydiving where they do a tandem jump at first and the person can kind of quote unquote, push them out. Right. So that's, that's possible. That's another way to get that first one out of the way. That's another version of how do we get the support we need? How do we mitigate the risk that we, and, and diffuse the fear enough so that we can take an action that moves us toward the end that we're after. Right. Right. And as you've, you've coached, you know, people over, over the years, what's a story where someone was just fearful and scared to make that jump. And then, you know, what happened maybe after, like, what is one of your favorite stories from this? God, I mean, there's so many, yeah. like there's really a lot because it's a totally understandable. And this is certainly in skydiving. Mm -hmm. There's also a million stories in terms of life coaching and people wanting to, uh, this is, I, I could tell skydiving stories all day long, but I feel like the stories that move me more are the ones where 
a client, so, so a client will basically have something they need to share with an important person in their life. You know what I mean? And acknowledging that fear, right? Acknowledging the, I have this truth about myself that I am afraid to be seen for, mm. you know, that I am, I am afraid to open, to open this door, to, yeah. sh- to show this about myself, you know, and this is there again, these stories are kind of very, there are varied. Sure, one of course. my, one of my favorite examples of this is one of my very good friends basically coming out as queer and, and working through the fear, the fear around the identity of being a masculine man and feeling very called to beautiful fashion and, and, and varied forms of self-expression. And I don't even mean queer in terms of sexuality. I I mean, it just in terms of, of brave self-expression and creative self-expression. So like, that's a really powerful example of how he used his support team and came out in spaces that were very emotionally safe such that he could then feel safe enough to come out in more ways in the world. Mm-hmm. And so that's like a very personal story, right. but, but those things that seem personal, that seem like they're disconnected from our professional lives are so, so critical to being able to rise in our professional lives and as entrepreneurs, as creatives, as, as influencers in the world, if we are hiding in any form, it's again, not that we all need to share everything publicly with the world, but we need to find those safe spaces to share those pain points so that we can lift that weight off of ourselves such that we can rise that much easily in the other lanes of our life as well. Right. Yeah. That's beautiful. I really love that. You, you've also written a couple books. Tell us a little bit about those. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I co I co authored a a, a graphic memoir with two of my lovely, beautiful girlfriends as well. So yeah, my first book is called One Positive Thought Can Change Everything. I'm a huge believer in mindset. Mm -hmm. That also is a great example of it was a stepping stone earlier in my career, where I didn't really know how to publish a book, you know, and I, I had I knew I wanted to publish a book, but I knew that writing the big book, which is the one that's most recently published on, uh, and on Audible and all the things. That's called How to Fly Life Lessons from a Professional Skydiver. Mm. That's an anthology of, you know, 10, 11 years of my life writing a column, yeah. a skydiving and life coaching column. And it's very consumable for non-skydivers as well, using, sure. of course, skydiving metaphor, but telling more of my life story. But anyway, that seemed way too daunting. I just could not, it was like, oh my God, my, I was still struggling with perfectionism and Mm -hmm. still struggling. And what should I share and be seen about? I was still healing. The third book is that graphic memoir. It's called with our whole broken hearts. And that's where we really vulnerably share about my journey through divorce and that, that feeling that healing journey and the way to that we rose from those sort of proverbial ashes. Yeah. So anyway, I could say a lot about each of these things, but 
I wasn't ready to share as much as I could, like how to fly wasn't ready, but right. I was still wanting to learn how to put creative content into the world in this form. And yeah. so I used one positive thought to help me learn that. It's, right. a, it's a quote book. It's sort of a journal. So it's this simple thing. It's, it's, there's a little bit of writing at the beginning where I write about mindset, my belief and my experience with mindset and its power, but it's not like the meat of my, my life. Right. You know? Yeah. So I had to get, I had to build to get there. So, right. yeah. Yeah. And that's exactly what I'm, what I'm taking is, is the steps that you took to get more and more personal, more and more deep yeah, in, in sharing your story. And I also, I also like that message that it doesn't have to be um, all in for it to still be. And I put this in quotes, successful. Yep. Um, yeah. Because it was done with intention and it was purposeful and you freaking did it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yes. You know, that could just be enough that you did it, you know, and felt. Yeah. Awesome. Well, yeah. and that's the thing I, I, absolutely aim to model. I really am super intentional about modeling being in my life and being in my work and my creative pursuits that, that matter to me a great deal. Like I would be deeply unfulfilled if I did not have my creative pursuits. Like I also like to make stupid, funny movies just because I love comedy and I love hilarity. And it's a part of the, a calling to me, you know, why I say I'm, I care to model it is because I certainly, I mentioned perfectionism before, but I used to be painfully limited by perfectionism and this performative stress of like needing to be that overachiever. And this is why I work with type A overachievers now is right. because that is me and my story. And the pain of that, the pain of really feeling like we are not worthy of love and acceptance and success, however we define it, if we are not perfect or if we are not achieving beyond levels of ridiculousness, you know, so that, of course, boxes out self-care, it boxes out actual meaningful connection, because when you are in that place, you are not being true to yourself. You're not, right. you, you might think that you are. And, and then you're wondering, why am I unhappy? Why am I still unfulfilled? Right. Why am I, why do I have all this quote unquote success in my life, but I'm still super, super depressed about it, mm -hmm. you know? And so that's usually when I start working with people, cause I had to, I had to figure that out for myself. Right. I had to, and that's the thing about inching into stuff is that I, I, deliberately practiced the, the mindset work around valuing the action and the doing and the effort so much more than the outcome, like rigorously, rigorously practicing detachment from the outcome. And in like ingraining, like rooting in myself newly, this idea that what the value is, is simply me showing up period. Yeah. And so, yeah, I love that. I love that detaching from, yeah, we can get so, so wrapped up in the outcome 
for what we think it should, we can get wrapped up in the shoulds and I can talk about the shoulds all day. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Totally. All the, you know, and get lost in that where instead of focusing in on where we're at, how we're moving, what we're getting through the process, you know, I, I always like, I, you know, living in, in Colorado, hiked all the time. And now I'm like, I don't want to hike anymore because I'm <laughs> sick of the journey and I just want to get to the destination and I'm all right. Afraid. Totally. <laughs> so like going back and forth of like, man, you have to, you know, trudging through, you have to go through it to get to the top. And sometimes it's like, you know, you just want to get there, but never once have I been disappointed, you know, in what happened along the way. There's always like yeah. beautiful moments that happen. You, you see, see beautiful animals or you see cool, you meet cool people or, you know, along, along the journey. And then you get to the destination or you get to the finish line or, or you land on the ground and you're just like, cool. All right, (laughs) let's do it again. Oh yeah. Well, that's the thing. There's a lot to be said for celebration of the milestones that we reach. I think that's really important. I also think it's, there's a lot, there's a lot of evidence and science, science behind the also having something to be working toward all the time. I think there's a, I'm definitely a believer in, in balance, right? That if we don't have balance, life will deliver it for us. And usually not in a pleasant way. (laughs) See the dogs are like, that is what's up, but yeah taking some time to celebrate. And, you know, there's this really great roomy quote where I might say it wrong, but it's something like this, where it's a in between right and wrong or doing or whatever, there's a field, like I'll meet you there. And so there's this idea of like allowing these open spaces in our lives and certainly allowing the open spaces from the judgments that we bring to life in ourselves and other people and relationships and all that stuff. But after achieving something big, to me, it feels like that field before I've committed to the next thing that I want to do. And it can, for me, it can feel uncomfortable. I'm much more practiced at working toward a goal. I'm less comfortable in the space of (sighs) calmly meditating, leaving space. Yes, I'm, I'm practiced at the celebrating, but I'm less practiced at waiting for the next inspiration to come and allowing space for that to percolate, you know, but it's a valuable time. It's really important. Otherwise we can end up going in directions that we're just using to, as a salve to that discomfort versus being actually clear and intentional about where we're going next. Yeah, definitely. Ooh, so many good gems at the, typically towards the end of the show, I always want to learn just a little bit more about you. So I'm going to ask you some speed questions, some fast questions, and you just give us the answer, whatever that is. (laughs) I'm all about it. Let's do it. Okay. Melanie, how do you take care of yourself, mind, body, soul? I definitely meditate. I used to be anti-meditator. I used to be like... I, it's one of the things I do, but I do a lot of things. I also go to the gym. I struggle to eat well sometimes. That is a lifelong battle, mm-hmm. but I'm working on it sure. and learning. Yeah. But yeah, meditation is super important to me and making sure I'm honoring when I am tired that I, that I allow myself to stop. Yeah, and rest. 
Absolutely. I love that. I won the lottery and I'm like, my girl Melanie needs to go on a trip. I'm going (laughs) to take a friend and I'm going to give her 10 grand to spend however she wants. So where are you going? Who are you bringing? And how are you spending that money? Oh, I love it. It makes me think of Sarah Blakely, Spanx founder. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Oh gosh. So where am I going and who am I taking? Yep. And how are you spending the 10 grand? Oh my gosh. Well, so here's the thing. I already have a dream trip planned with my parents. This has been like a bucket list item, something I've really wanted to do. And I basically gave the tickets to my parents for Christmas and we're planning it. So that one's already in the works. We're going to go to Wales and Ireland and sort of trace our roots. So I'm thrilled about having that experience with my parents while they're still able. But if you gave me, given that that trip's already happening, I would probably do something with my two best friends and, or, and, or a handful of my best girlfriends, you know, like maybe five or six of my best girlfriends and go and do some kind of adventure, like not we would not go sit on the beach. We would go do something cool, like maybe zip line through the Amazon or something like that. Yeah. And then have this beautiful time where we're sharing and, and deeply connecting and enjoying beautiful food and, and, and nature. That's what we would do. I love that. I love that. Yeah. Okay. Tell us last question, a book or a TV show that you are just unapologetically shamelessly into right now well I there I listen to so many audible books this is another reason why I'm like my book has to be on audible and it has to be read by me uh and so I'm thrilled that that's the, the reality but I am voracious for continuing education on audible I one of the books I highly recommend there's so many I could recommend for business is principles by Ray Dalio. It's over a 16 hour listen. I've listened to it more than once. It's phenomenal. The uh, one of the core tenets of that book is meaningful relationships, meaningful work. Mm-hmm. And like that, if you, if you as a business owner are like, I'm struggling to make decisions, at least for me, these are absolutely two of my hugest values. So if I'm ever, I'm in a struggle around decision-making, is it, connected to a meaningful relationship and is it connected to meaningful work? And that helps me figure out whether I'm going to say yes or no, but there's lots of other stuff. I feel like I could offer a million, but the body keeps the score is also really important in terms of trauma healing and getting to those deeper understandings of the body, its response and how we can heal. I think that's also really important work. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Melanie, for being on the show. I think we I'm, I'm considering going skydiving. Drop me a line, girl. (laughs) Come on. When you're ready, let me know. I'm happy to help you. I will. Perfect. Well, thank you everyone for listening to the show and um, we'll talk with you soon. Thanks. to Savvy Booked and Blessed. If you are a successful six to seven figure female entrepreneur who would like to be on this program, please visit podcast.prosavvyas.com dash podcast slash guest. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot on your phone and text it to your friend or post it on the socials. If you know of someone that would be a great guest, go ahead and tag them in social media and let them know about the show and include hashtag Savvy, Book, and Blessed. I love seeing your posts and I love your guest suggestions. We're regularly putting out new episodes and content. 
To make sure you don't miss out on any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Give your thumbs up ratings and reviews. They definitely go a long way to help promote the show. It means a lot to me and my team. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.